in. This is your live chat for this week's Travelers Championship. It's always nice to go away, but it's nice to come home. Thank you all for bearing with me. The course of, of over the course of the last couple of days, it's been uh, a lot of travel. I'm back home. I'm ready to rock and roll. We are indeed presented by our friends over at Jock Market. Talk more about them in just a few minutes, but this time is yours. Questions, comments, concerns, whatever you want, this time is for you. Let's start with Brent Harris. Brent Harris says, thoughts on Rory plus 450 to miss the cut. He's got to exhale sometime to prep for the open, or is he just going to roll through this? Hosting the Irish, going to Scotland, St. Andrews run. His schedule is packed. Um, I do kind of agree with the sentiment that his schedule is packed. I was thinking about that a little bit last week. It feels like he's just been teeing it up every week and he's been teeing it up well. I think there is likely a letdown coming. And, uh, you know, he started to spray it left a little bit off the tee at the country club last week. And I do wonder if he starts missing fairways, if this thing goes sideways a little bit earlier. So I'm. I'm not going to bet Rory McIlroy to miss the cut at plus 450, but if he were to miss a cut in the next few months, this seems like the most logical spot for it with all the stuff that has been piled on and asked of him, the great play that he's put out there, and the big events leading up to it. If it was any other sport, we would call this kind of a letdown spot. I'm not going to pull the trigger on it, but I agree with you, Brent. It would be, I mean, it would, it would be pretty amazing if he continued to play this well all the way through. Hey, Rick, won't be able to join live, but we'll definitely watch the replay tonight. Thank you. For, thank you in advance. Any interest in Hostler or Smotherman this week? Yeah, so I am. Um, I, I was actually kind of alluding to this on the Monday show. I might have tweeted about this a little bit. I was I knew uh, Bo was uh, the fourth alternate last week, right? I was talking to his team and I knew that he was the fourth alternate. We were under the impression he was going to get into this event. It finally took until... I think he got in with the Brooks WD for him to actually get in. But yeah, Bo is in. And I, I like the way Bo's playing. So Bo is kind of sneaky long. I don't think most people realize that. I don't know what his actual driving distance is for the year, 28th. But he's going to be able to club down a little bit here. Uh, this is a really good setup for him that, that kind of asks for a lot of wedges. He can hit his draw around. You can see the short game's been fairly stout. And if you look at his... History around the Travelers Championship. He's got two top tens, I believe. Yeah, 10th place finish last year. A runner-up finish in 2018. He's playing well. He touched the lead at the U.S. Open. Maybe that was Friday for a split second before falling to 53rd. He's, he's putting more and more good rounds together. So, yeah, definitely in on Bo. Smotherman, excuse me, we can look at a little bit together here. Uh, I'm assuming it's just all the ball striking stuff that's been good. Yeah, this is this is very on brand for Smotherman, right? So we've seen him be a very good ball striker and a fairly poor short game player already in his young career. And he just kind of racks up these 25th to 45th place finishes. So I, I expect more of the same. I do... I think Bo's going to be a lot more volatile. I think Bo has a T8 in him, and I think he's got a miscut in him. I think Smotherman kind of lives more in a smaller range. So it kind of depends on what you're looking for there. Hey, Rick, if you had one bet to make under $7,500, who would it be this week and why? Okay, under $7,500. So that starts us out about Cam Davis. That might be the guy. Um, Johnny Vegas, Kevin Kisner, Mac Hughes, just kind of looking through the list here of golfers i'm assuming we're asking for an actual win if that's the case 
the two that stand out to me are Cam Davis, who's got a couple of top ten, couple of top sevens in his last couple of starts, and he's and he won last year. Kevin Kisner, who has not been very good, but you throw him on a Pete Dye, you know, shorter Pete Dye course that requires accuracy. He's got more winning pedigree than a lot of these other guys in this range. So those are the two that probably stick out to me. Honorable mention to Nick Hardy. I think we're getting a really good run from Nick Hardy here. This cheat sheet doesn't even include, if you go to his golfer profile, it will include his win on the corn Ferry like three weeks ago. Um, so it's been a very, let me just narrow this down here. It's been a pretty good run. Yeah. So here we go. So he went 21st at the Zurich. Uh, he won, or actually he might've finished second. Why does it say T1? The data that I get from the corn fair or from the, uh, yeah, from the PGA tour at the corn Ferry tour might be, might be a little wonky. He either won that event or lost in a playoff, which is why I think it says T1. I'll get that. I'll get that updated. But either way, played really well, made the cut at both the US Open and the RBC Canadian Open. So uh, Nick Hardy's kind of riding a, a hot a hot one here. Hey, Rick, can you go through the ownership in each one of the tiers? Sure. So this is the cheat sheet, rickrungood.com. Everything you've seen so far and will see is from my website. So the top end looks like Patrick Cantley is going to be quite popular. 23 percent projected ownership. I reran these uh just about 2 hours ago, I would say, because of Justin Thomas WDing from this event and a lot of JT's ownership went to uh Patrick Cantlay. I think I think the Xander will the Xander thing will come in higher. It's kind of hard to always get enough information when you get like a Wednesday withdrawal from one of the stars. So we're doing our doing our best here in terms of these projected ownership. So I think Cantlay is probably the most popular in the 10 K range with Scotty Scheffler, Sam Burns, probably lagging behind a little bit. I think you could get a buy low opportunity on Tommy Fleetwood and Tony Finau in the nines with Neiman and Seamus power being rather popular. The eights, um, Lark, Mark Leishman is popping up like crazy, which is a little bit surprising to me because this is a golf course that requires you to play out of the fairway, but he's got a bunch of good results, so it's not incredibly crazy to think. And then Webb Simpson, who, you know, we're all kind of waiting to snap out of this, and maybe he never will, right? Maybe this is the natural progression of a golfer and Webb Simpson's in it. But at 8500 bucks, you know, outside of the miscut at the U.S. Open, he had a 27th at the Colonial, a 20th at the PGA Championship. This should be one of the better spots on tour for him. I have him at like 5%. And then the 7K range, Brendan Steele eating up a lot of ownership. Uh, Joel Damon, Maverick McNeely, decently popular. Neesmith down at the bottom of the sevens. Um, the 6K range, let's throw those guys back in there. 6K range would have... Let's see. Svensson, 10%. He's probably the most popular. A little bit on Charlie Hoffman. That's the way it seems to be shaping up. I've been parlaying top 10s, three and four legs with pretty good success. How would someone, how would you set your model to look for someone popping enough for T40? A plus number bet starts around Leishman, McCarthy, and so on. Interesting. I might be able to get you somewhat close here. Hold on. Let me just check something real quick. Um, man, how would I? So the tournament predictor shows top five, top 10, top 20. Maybe I could extend that out to top 40 because it literally just runs the Sims and it has every position in there. Oh, boy. I would say. I don't know the answer to that instant classic. Let me get back to you. Let me chew on a better way to find top forties. You could look at, I mean, what, what originally came to mind is I have this, I have this tool on the golfer profile page where it shows you the percentage of strokes gained per round. So for example, 
Um, who do I have up here? Nick Hardy, you know, gains one or more stroke per round in 45% of his rounds. And I was thinking if you start looking at that as like, like that would probably be a pretty good baseline. One or two would get you to four to eight strokes gained for the tournament, which would probably get you certainly comfortably into that top 40, maybe even less than that. If I had a, if I had a tool that showed you everybody in the field at once, that would be more interesting. So let me, let me chew on that and see what I can find. I'm 21 strokes behind the leader coming into this week, which 21 strokes. What do you guys play with? Just strokes to par. That's interesting. Which one and done player would you pick between Davis Riley, Justin Thomas, Aaron Wise, Joaquin Neiman, open anyone else? Uh, so JT with Drew, so not that. I'm pretty fine with Aaron Wise or Davis Riley here. I'm pretty partial to Davis Riley. What I think what I think he's doing right now is pretty crazy. And I have not, you know, I've been flying back and it's been crazy this week. But there's a good chance that I play Davis Riley in multiple one and dones. I have not like finalized that decision yet. But just look at what he's done. Not only has he been awesome in terms of results, right? So the 31st at the U.S. Open has been his worst result uh, dating back to the Zurich Classic. But look how he's doing it. That six strokes he gained on approach at the U.S. Open was the same amount Justin Thomas gained, right? Like that's elite, elite stuff. So really happy with his with his stat profile. I'll probably run him out in a couple of um, a couple of different one and done. So he's he's probably my top pick of the guys that that you offered up. Hey Rick, happy Wednesday. Is this the week I use Scotty for one and done or do I roll with Davis Riley? Probably a chalky pick. Yeah, I think Riley is going to be fairly popular. Let me see how many people have generally already used or are planning on using uh, Scotty here. So there's a feature on officefootballpool.com. It's just a, a site that a lot of people run their one and dones on that shows you site-wide picks. And they have Scotty at 1.6% 20th. So that makes sense, right? Either you're saving Scotty, although he's won four times. I can't imagine what you're saving him for. Uh, but most people have already used him. So you now get the favorite or basically the favorite, depending on where you're looking at 1.6%. I would, I would probably roll out Scotty here. Uh, where do you think the ownership from JT went from? Yeah, I think, I think it, a lot of it went to Cantlay. Um, and then also, uh, I think Xander gets like gets much closer to twenty percent than even than my projected ownership should show. Like I'm at fifteen percent right now. That's I would I would bet seventy five dollars he's going to go over fifteen percent. It's just a late a late week uh, removal of a big player. The key indicators aren't fast enough to 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 catch up to this. I I think Xander's going to be much more popular than that. In a strategy question from Hank Hill, in a large GPP, would you rather have all six of your guys in your lineup at 10 to 15% or three guys at 10 at 20 to 25 and three guys at five to 10? Uh, the latter there. So that's kind of called, uh, I've heard it described as like the barbell approach. So if you think about like a barbell, if you're bench pressing, right, you have a lot of weight on this side, uh, nothing in the middle, and you have a lot of weight on the other side. And the way that I, that I envision that is I say, okay, I'd rather have uh, chalky guys and I'd rather have uh, low owned guys, not really six guys in the middle. I, I don't think six guys in the middle give you enough leverage. So when you are, when, when you have a chalky guy, he's chalky for a reason, right? So he's probably a good play. He probably has good course history. He's probably has good recent form. If he played well, you are moving up with everybody else. The guys on the other end, um, you are, 
you know, if you, if he's only three to five or 7% owns, if he does anything significantly over expectation, you have a ton of leverage on the field. So I like to do it like that. I don't believe there's a lot of leverage living in the, in the middles there. No idea who to roll out and one and done Neiman or Sungjae. I'm a believer in Sungjae. I told this story earlier in the week, but, um, I'll tell it again. You know, Sungjae missed the cut last week, but he was on the range and in the practice areas on the weekend, just working. And it's always impossible to tell what guys are working on on the range. But I will tell you, they had the top tracer technology set up there. So every shot Sungjae was hitting was being recorded. And I was just, I was just standing there watching his metrics. And basically every shot was the same. Now, it's hard to be like, oh, he was playing the draw. He was playing the fake. It just, to me, it just looked like he was dialed in. Every 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 shot that he was hitting was basically the same number, which I think is 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 generally a very good sign. Gavin says, "Can you please do a deep dive on Matthew Wolf? He's long but inaccurate, but maybe better when clubbing down." All right, so let's do this. Um, there's a couple different ways we can do this. So I'm going to go last four years or so. This isn't going to be unique to Matthew Wolf, but let's just kind of. Look at all strokes gained off the tee. Uh, where is Wolf? Has he really struggled this much? Or am I am I am I scrolling right past him? Wolf. Oops. Type his name correctly. Wow, he's been even off the tee in 211 rounds. Wow. He's lost strokes off the tee basically every event. Wow. Yikes. Sorry, that was worse than I thought it was. Um, so what I was going to do is I was going to kind of look at his strokes gained off the tee. So like Rory's 0.84, Cam Champ is 0.76, uh, you know, Cantlay 0.51. And then I was going to go to like shorter courses. I was just going to plug in like, you know, 7,100 yards or shorter and see who shows up in, better in strokes gained off the tee. So for example, Cam Champ's number actually gets better. Um, Scotty Scheffler gets much, much better. Cantley got a little bit better, I believe. Um, who, who is the other one? Uh, Cam Davis, I ran this earlier, gets a lot better off the tee on shorter courses. So there is a theory that, let's see what Wolf is, that these longer hitters, when they do get the club down, Wolf actually gets a little bit worse. Um, now you could argue that that might, that might just be the stretch of golf that he's in, but it technically gets six, uh, six hundredths of a stroke per round worse. So no, I, I don't, I don't know if that's the answer for Wolf, but it is the answer for a lot of guys, Gavin. So it's a, it's an astute, uh, an astute observation. Would you rather play Seamus power or Davis Riley in DFS? Uh, probably still Davis Riley. Um, I'm, I am worried that Riley like comes back to earth at some point and slows down at some point, but Hey, I'm gonna ride. He 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 had a he took a week off like three weeks ago or four weeks ago, four starts ago maybe. So young guy rocking and rolling. Let's go. Can you confirm or deny rumors that you were standing on a box to match the height of KP? Uh, confirmed. Yeah, for sure. So Kyle is definitely above average in terms of height. I am definitely below average. And when we were both on camera at the same time, it doesn't match up. So I stood on a box to frame it better. Showbiz, baby. Let's go. Nobody really talked about Siwoo, but T degree numbers here over the years are elite secondary. He just can't seem to putt. Uh, okay, so let's look at that together. So what we could actually do is um, let me clear this filter for yardage, and let me just throw in 
TPC River Highlands. And we'll look at what I assume you're referencing here is, is elite tee degree numbers from Siwoo. Are we going to see that? Maybe I have to go back more years. How many years do I have to go back to get Siwoo? There we go. Okay. There we go. So uh, 16 rounds for Siwoo. 1.65 T to green, second to only Rory McIlroy. Okay, we are on the same page here. Has lost strokes putting every single time. That is a little bit of a concern, right? Um, because you could argue that's a pretty big sample size, right? Losing nearly a stroke per round in 16 rounds all at the same golf course. Is there something that doesn't jive for Siwoo Kim at this golf course? Because in general, so that's only 0.86 in the negative over the same time frame. What is he in general? He is 0.14. She's talking about like three quarters of a stroke per round worse as a putter. Now he's not like a great putter, but that's that's a little bit concerning. So I think you're just asking for you're just asking for a prayer that he puts well, uh, which I don't know how how all realistic that is. Uh, quickly, let me talk about Jock Market. Jock market is stock market DFS. Uh, not only are they killing it, but I met the guys uh, for the first time in person. I've obviously talked to them a lot, but they're out of Boston. So I was able to meet up with them at the US Open. They've got a ton of awesome stuff coming. We talked about, hey, maybe some things they can roll out. But but the way it works right now is you can buy, sell, and short and trade shares of athletes, specifically golfers and other sports as well. And there's guaranteed payouts. So whatever price you buy an athlete at, uh, depending on their, their performance, there's a guaranteed payout. So if we look at the U S open from last week, Matt Fitzpatrick was $7 and five cents in the IPO paid out $25 a share. So you made 18 bucks a share on Matt Fitzpatrick, somebody like Keegan Bradley, $5 and 60 cents a share last week went to $13 a share. So you made $7 and 40 cents on Keegan Bradley. So it's a really cool format. And I know there are many very, very cool things coming. Um, so you can do a couple of things. You can use the code Rick. There's a link in the description. It'll get you hundred uh, up to a hundred dollar deposit bonus. And then tonight, Joe Idoni and myself are doing a power hour. It's a live show, 8, 15 PM Eastern time. We take you through the final 45 minutes of the bidding phase, the IPO. So you can get your bids in and you can rock and roll from there. Is it true that Liv Golf has contacted you about the Team Bryson, Team Brooks shirts and offered a lucrative cash buyout for the licensing? Unfortunately, false. If they would like to uh, slide into my DMs, the price will be high and I'm sure they can afford it. Good afternoon, Rick. Can you do a deep dive on Ches Reevy and John, John Huh? Names I never use, but I'm actually interested in. Yeah, so I think Reevy, you know, you're going to find a situation where Reevy, uh, like these are the spots for him, right? Like these accuracy over distance courses. And he's kind of cleaned it up a little bit, right? The, look at this pretty sour stretch. So so going back a little bit further into last year, last summer, Reeve was always, you know, very good on approach, serviceable off the tee, and the short game was kind of hit or miss. Then he lost a lot of the ball striking stuff. I mean, he had a stretch from Phoenix to RBC Heritage where he did not gain once in the ball striking categories. Now he's starting to clean that up a little bit. Starting to find good version of Reevy again. You've gotten basically three top 25s in his last four starts. Let's look at his traveler stuff. It's pretty good. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. He won this in 19. Outside of that, it's not great, but he's only missed two cuts in, what is that, 12 starts? Bunch of top 40s, generally ball strikes it well, and then if he putts well, he has a good week. That's that's really what it comes down to for Reevy. Um, John Huh. This is an okay profile. 
at least the last two weeks were okay. So Charles Schwab and RBC Canadian Open, he gains five and six strokes in the ball striking categories, gains around the greens in both of them. He's lost putting in four straight. He's probably a pretty bad putter in general, right? Yeah, 130th on tour this year, but very accurate off the tee. Also doesn't spray it, which is not as critical here as it was last week. But yeah, okay. Yeah, I could listen there. This is one of the spots for those two guys, Daniel. There's only a handful of them. And that's one better pick. If you're chasing Davis Riley or Patrick Cantlay, I think Davis Riley is going to be quite popular. Um, I actually have him as the fourth highest owned one and done for this week. So if you're chasing uh, Cantlay might be a, a shred better. Um, what are your thoughts on Cam Tringale? What are your thoughts on Sepp Straka? Those are back-to-back questions. I think I'm probably pretty even on both of them. Straka, I don't think it's been nearly as good as we remember. So here's his, his stat profile. Uh, you know, he went cut, cut, 73rd, 78th, 45th cut. That's not great. The ball striking numbers are gone. The short game struggling. He's not as long off the tee as you would think. So probably like a four out of 10 on Straka and Tringale. Um, yeah, a little bit reliant on the putter. That really good stretch that we got from him was kind of like an all around game. Not necessarily seeing that anymore. Probably like a four or five out of 10 on him. Not, not particularly thrilled. Um, any concerns with Sung J Siwoo and Day withdrawing from the Pro Am, or is that a normal thing with the Pro Ams? Very, very normal. Rick, you are number one in the run and done. Can you believe that? And if and I have catapulted to number four. Thoughts on how to play this week? Mina, please distract Rick tonight and encourage him to pick Luke Donald or Sung Kang. Yeah. So how about that? I'm very proud of this comeback that I've made. So I am now. Here we go. I'll I'll show this. I'll show this for you, Denver Timmy. We'll give you a, a shout out here. Number one. I started out, can I, if I click my name, does it show my picks for the week? Look at my start. One, two, three, four, five zeros out of the gate I took. Then I found a win from Scotty Scheffler. Uh, got a, a playoff loss with Patrick Cantlay, a PGA Championship win with JT, and a win at the US Open from Matt Fitzpatrick. And wouldn't you know it, I'm now back in the game. I, I think I've peaked too early. I'm not sure how much... Um, uh, how, how much ammo I, I have left here. I think I've kind of burned through everybody. So, so the way that, that I'm, that I'm kind of looking at this, um, and I think there's a lot of options. If for whatever reason you haven't used Scotty Scheffler yet, which I think is kind of, um, I don't want to say crazy, but like this would probably be a, a pretty good time to use, to use Scotty. Um, I will, if I haven't used Sung JM yet, I'm very interested in using Sung JM. If I haven't, you know, Davis Riley, I think is going to be a very popular pick. Um, you could pivot from Davis Riley to like Aaron Wise. I think Aaron Wise is actually going to be more popular in DFS, but less popular in one and done, if that makes any sense. But yeah, I have not settled on who I'm going with this week. I got to kind of crunch the numbers. I was thinking about it on the plane earlier, and I just I just haven't gotten there. Great content as always. Thank you. Uh, 20 max draft kings. Feeling solid on 8K plus. Looking for additional cheap pivots from J-Day, Steven Yeager, Adam Shank, David Lipsky. Uh, oh, you want to pivot from those guys? I was like, oh, I kind of like all of those guys. Okay, so uh, day I would pivot, or excuse me, hold on, let me get this. I got to get all my numbers clicked in here. So from Jason Day, I, um, could you go to Brendan Todd? I think Todd would be a little bit less owned. From Jaeger, I would probably go to, 
where is Jaeger? Have I scrolled past him? No, I haven't. Um, man, that that's tough. I think I would probably roll with like Jaeger Lipsky, and then you could go to Bo Hostler if you wanted to get out of either one of those guys, I suppose. Same with Adam Shank, because I think Bo's 6,900 last time I saw. Who is the best in the field in scrambling? Okay, well, we'll go to the Holy Grail. We'll go to stats. We'll make sure we have this field clicked. We'll go to around the green. We will type in or we'll click on scrambling and it'll tell us, oh boy, number one scrambler in the field, Sung J M, who could be my one and done. Christian Bazayton Hope, number two, Jordan Spieth, Denny McCarthy, Tom Hoagie, Brendan Todd, all rounding out the top whatever. Is course history important here? I believe it is. Yes. You know, when you have a course that is, it's fairly unique, right? It's a very short par 70, the shortest par 70 that we have on tour. And I believe it was the second shortest course overall last year um, or this year on this schedule, excuse me. And then it's a, die, a Pete Dye course. And it also has the thick rough as well. I, and the fact that we get it every single year and like, and, and it's very similar spot in the calendar. Like, yeah, I think it is. I think it is pretty important because I think you can get some good stuff there. Any thoughts on the Gim Reaper? That would be Doug Gim. Yes. Um, I wanted to let me pull up his metrics here because Gim was someone I was kind of eyeing a little bit a couple of weeks ago. Yes, here we go. RBC Canadian Open T18. Look what he did. Gained across the board. The ball striking numbers are always fairly good. The short game always questionable. But yeah, this is this is a pretty good spot for him. Let's see what is uh yeah, 43rd in driving accuracy. Not bad. In this field, it's probably like 20th, right? Yeah, let's go. Fire up Doug Gim. Deep dive on Lucas Glover. I think you're going to get kind of the same thing, right? Glover is a more accurate than he is uh, than he is long, right? Here he is. Uh, to everybody in this field, he's gained more fairways per round than everybody but five guys. Uh, less accurate. The results are there. I do worry about the upside a little bit, but I think if you're looking for somebody to make the cut, kind of interesting. Any prize picks? Yeah, my bad. So scheduling this week was all over. So, uh, we, we didn't get a chance to do the scramble. That's on me. A lot of stuff. So the, 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 the prize picks ones that I was looking at, uh, and someone sent me birdie or better matchups and, and was basically just using that sheet that I sent out last week of, you know, basically comparing who makes more birdies per round. So that's something I'll build into the website. And that was pretty successful. So I think you can just stock up on what appear to be the favorites in a lot of these matchups, which is usually the guy that's being featured. So Webb Simpson over Brian Harmon, for example, could be Webb Simpson. Um, I like the understrokes on Spieth. I liked the understrokes on... Uh, oh, on Mito. Okay, so understrokes on Spieth, understrokes on Mito, and I liked overstrokes on... Why am I not fine? Oh, uh, Harris English. Harris English, 68.5. The fact that he is being kind of the, he's given, he's being given the defending champions record here. Uh, he has not, he has not been very good. In fact, he's been quite terrible. Um, so if you use code Rick, you can get yourself a, a, a deposit match. The link is in the description. Prize picks is pretty darn fun. It's time to officially chase you now. Congrats on the Fitz pick. Let's go. And being somehow in the number one spot. Yes, yes, yes. Oh, it feels good. Too much, uh, too much time left though. A lot of questions about Davis Riley, which I'm just going to skip over. It talks a lot about Davis Riley. Question on Honor Bon Lahiri, and it's a pretty good question here. 
Has he cooled off is basically the question. Well, let's find out together. We'll do this together. Zach Jeffers. Um, no, not really, right? I mean, the, the off-the-tee numbers have, have generally stayed, right? Anywhere between a zero and a three. Great. The ball striking has generally been pretty good. You know, you're not expect if if he was going to gain four strokes on approach every single week, he wouldn't be on Urban Lahiri, right? He's going to lose some weeks, but he is going to. He looks like he's still gaining much more than he is losing, which is great. Around the green, sublime. The putter, the putter is just kind of capable of losing five strokes. No, I'd actually argue this is a pretty darn good profile. Really, really good profile. You know, he missed the cut at the PGA losing 5.2 strokes putting. And then he missed the cut at the Memorial, not in a bet. I mean, he lost two strokes on approach and one with the putter. He probably missed the cut on the number, right? No, this is a, this is a pretty good, it's a, it's a pretty good stat profile. Stars and shrubs with Lipsky. Who says no? Not me. Is this the turning point that limits, is this the turning point that limits Saudi golf? Hmm, what are you referring to? What turning point that limits Saudi golf? You mean like the PGA Tour's response? I'll tell you what. I, I so I was just trying to catch up on this a little bit earlier. So I I just I was describing this to Armina on the flight, and she had like had zero interest in this, but I was just talking, and she was listening. She was doing. She's being very sweet, and I was like, you know, this is like turning the PGA Tour and reform is like turning a battleship, right? It is going to be slow. They're not going to turn into what I want them to turn into F1 overnight. It's not going to happen. I actually thought what they did with the, the international events, the ramping up the prize purses, uh, removing some of the guaranteed cards, I think it's down to 70 or 75 now. That's about as good as you can do and as quickly as you can do it with the way the rest of the tour is set up and the obligations that you have to sponsors and events. I mean, these events are years and years in the making to put on. So I think that's a pretty good response. I would do a lot more, but for like immediate short-term stuff, it's not the worst thing I've ever heard. I want to eventually get to the point where we've got 72 golfers and 12 teams of six. And we've got, you know, 28 events a year or 24 events in the four majors and like, I've got like an F1 style vision for this, but for what they announced today, it's it's not bad. Is there any case to talk me out of a Spieth Travelers, Spieth St. Andrews doubled? No, uh, St. And I mean, that's, it's going to be a great spot for him. And Travelers obviously is as well. I, I saw after, you know, after Thursday's round where he was very, very ill and looked horrible out there. Um, I think he gained across the board in his three rounds after that. I, I'm not going to read much into his U.S. Open week. A lot of guys were sick. I think um, I think they got food. I don't want to say they got food poisoning, but they were all in the same spot like Tuesday and Wednesday night, and they were all not feeling good on Thursday. JT was another one. There were a couple other guys who were not feeling good Thursday morning. Hey, Rick from sunny Scotland. Random one, but do you know if Cam Young is qualified for the Open? Well... What category would he fall into? He would fall into he would fall uh top 50 in the world rankings. What's his OWGR? 32nd. So it's as long as he hasn't missed the deadline. When's the deadline for it? Top 50 in the world as of oh, you know what? It's as of week 21. Might have ended too early for him. Hold on, let's see what his rank was after 20 week 21. 
No, he was 30th, so he should be in. My my quick cursory glance shows that Cam Young has uh, met the qualifications. Do any real hardcore golf fans want live? If so, why? Um, a lot of people seem to want chaos, and a lot of people seem to want what we don't, what the media doesn't want, right? Um, let me make the case. I guess the case for if you really like golf, you could argue competition is good, but fracturing, fracturing tours like that mold, especially for individual sports has not worked out. Well, think about boxing and how horrible boxing is because there are what five different entities that want to call you the world champion. Uh, that is not good. So I don't think you want to get into a situation. The good thing is this will make majors more important because it'll be the four times a year that guys come back together. So I guess you could argue that. I think all in all, it's, a, it's pretty, pretty bad. Uh, Rick, who are you most exposed to in DK this week? So I'm way behind on lineups and stuff. So it will, uh, I, that's what I'll be doing right after this. The answer is probably going to be, uh, Sung Jay, Sung Jay and Davis Riley. I will likely have too much exposure to. And then at the top, I'll probably convince myself on a lot of speed. Did you see Cantlay's answer to the live question he was asked today? Not the strongest denial. I did not see that. I think a lot of these. So here's the here's the other situation. No one is a reliable narrator right now, right? No player, no agent, no manager. No one is a reliable narrator. We have seen guys say, I'm out. How dare you ask me that question? Days later, sneak off. We've seen guys give like, not great answers, and they're still on the PGA Tour. Like we, the only guys that are reliable narrators are the guys who are saying, "Yeah, I'm going," and they've gone. Right? Like that's it. So, so no one is a reliable narrator. Um, I've heard quotes directly from guys to my face that have said, "I'm not going," and they ended up going. Right? Like I, no one's reliable right now. So I, I did not see his. I did not see his answer. Hey, Rick, love your content. You're genuine. You, 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 I can't say the word enthusiasm for it all. Thank you. Uh, what players come to mind <coughs> when you think about controlling approach shots with ball spin? Wow. Uh, I would say like, I guess high club speed guys, right? I'm, I'm trying to think of this through a statistical lens that we could actually put this through like club speed or, um, boy. Uh, like apex is only on drive. So maybe that's not a good, a good one. Club head speed would be kind of interesting, but man, I don't know. I mean, the first guy that comes to mind are just all like the, like, I think Jordan speeds a fairly high spin player. Um, I think Xander Shoffley can be a fairly high spin player when he wants to be. Um, yeah, I don't know. I'd have to think more about that. What are your thoughts on Higo? Yeah. Uh, I'm pretty sure Higo has been in the midst of one here, right? Like, let's look at this together. Whoops. That is not how you spell his name. I'm pretty sure he's in a bear. He's in a blender. Well, actually, that's not too bad. So T18 to Memorial. That's the last time we saw him. Finished T18. By far his best individual result since his win, probably. Yeah, since his win a year ago. The week before last year's US Open. So, and he has a fourth place finish at the Zurich, but that's a team event. So what we have to decide is 
this 6.7 strokes he gained on approach the outlier or is it representative of things to come? Considering that is his best approach week of his career, not a ton of starts, but his best approach week of his career, I'm going to say it's probably an outlier. But we can, here's what we can do. If, if he gains anything, even if he gained two strokes on approach this week, we might be able to say, okay, okay, he's building on to something. He's building to something. So I'm not ready. Let's wait one, one more week, excuse me, and see what we've got. I have 50% of Straka in 10, 10 lineups. Am I asking for trouble? I believe you are, but that is your money, and I am not going to spend it for you. What is your favorite top 10 bet this week? Um, it would probably be further down the board, and it would probably be, boy, I'd be pretty tempted, like like Cam Davis or Bo Hostler. Can you do a quick check on Kelly Craft, including his traveler's record? Okay. So here's Kelly Craft coming off a of T13 at the Canadian Open, T15 in Mexico a couple starts ago. A lot of bad finishes before that. Although his recent stuff, like the last four is not, not bad. Travelers, cut, 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 47th cut. So that's not great. Yeah, this is, boy. This is like the perfect guy to finish like T17, like with his upside and just kind of, ne you'll never see a shot of him all week, but he might finish T17 here. Let me take a drink of water real quick. Frank says, hey, Rick, can't wait for the Jog Market Power Hour. Regardless of salary, better finish this week. Ooh, so the question is between Tringali or Mitchell. Probably Mitchell. Uh, Riku, hey, buddy. I'm back on Goddard up this week. He's a phenomenal golfer. He is. What were his stats like last week? Also, Boston looked awesome. Glad to have you back. Yeah, Boston, you know, listen, uh, it, was, it, it, was, it was pretty cool, right? Like, obviously, Brookline was great and um the country club was awesome but like walking around but we did a ton of walking around boston and it was yeah it was it was pretty good i enjoyed it where was i where was i going with this uh got her up let me see where i can find him here let's go to the power rankings i don't think i've shown the power rankings yet so tita green gaining two strokes uh bad putter it's a it's a good stat profile riku and we know and we know that he's um Obviously has the pedigree with the Haskins Award. Spieth and Riley or Cantlay and Wise? Boy, Spieth and Riley. Like any low to mid-K, 6K guys? Hoffman, Duncan? Yeah, so so you named them here. These are all good. Hostler, Smotherman, John Huh, Adam Svensson. I'm waiting for Patrick Flavin, right? Like, Patrick Flavin has Monday qualified how many times this year? Um, five? Six? And he hasn't necessarily turned it into a lot of anything good. Uh, you know, gets kind of uh, loses a bunch of strokes at the RBC Canadian Open, um, misses the cut at the Byron Nelson and in Mexico, made the cut in Bermuda and Puerto Rico and Punta Cana. But like this is like a this is like a mixed bag, and I'm not sure he has status anywhere at the moment because uh, you can see he's only played the two Corn Ferry Tour events between. So he's doing a lot of Monday qualifying. But I'll tell you, man. Monday qualifying is so hard and you have to be so sharp. So I'm just waiting for him to finish like T32. And he's $6,000. He's the min price. So I, I, I'd i be lying if I said, like, I'm not going to have a little bit of, of exposure to Patrick Flavin. I just love those Monday qualifier guys. And he's been doing it a ton. 
Hope you enjoyed your day off. Did you do anything fun? Well, uh, we went to Fenway Monday night. Went to the Red Sox game Monday night. We walked all over Cambridge and Boston and all these places. Armin is going to kill me for not remembering. We were like at MIT and like uh, all these other great towns or whatever, neighborhoods. We, it was fun. We walked all over the place. Trey Molinax has made an appearance in the chat. That's how you know things are going great. Yeah, we saw some statues public garden, all that fun stuff. All right, here's Trey Molinax. Boy, it's, um, this is what I consider to be whack-a-mole, right? Where every week it's something different. Some weeks it's, he's losing off the tee. Some it's on approach. Some it's around the green. Some's with the putter. Uh, you never know what you're going to get. I will say he's made three of his last five. And I think there are probably guys who are similarly priced that have worse looking stat profiles than this. But it's hard to get excited outside of just a, a straight dart throw. I'm like a four out of ten on Trey Molinax, which is not very exciting. Are you feeling a Bo Hostler win this week? Yes. I love Mito Pereira, but not a fan this week. Why? Why would you not be a fan of Mito this week? Has he has he has he not entertained? Has he not done enough to earn your trust? To earn your to earn your dollars, look at this guy. To bounce back after a tragic, tragic might not be the word, loss at the PGA Championship to go T seven T thirteen, then he missed the cut at the U.S. Open where he gained strokes on approach. I'm okay to forgive him for that. He gained strokes and missed the cut. That's hard to do. You can only do it at majors for the most part, right? Because they have like the T sixty cut line. So gained strokes at the U.S. Open but missed the cut. Kind of unfair. I don't, I don't think you should worry about Mito. Mito's very, very good. He's probably the 30th most accurate driver of the golf ball in this field, too. I'm not that worried about it. Um, kind of lost my spot. Hey, Rick, who cares about winning this week? Does that mean, like, uh, who cares? Why am I even here watching this? Or, like, who actually cares? The week after a major championship, like who actually cares? Uh, I'll go with the ladder there from Corey. I think a lot of these guys care, right? Like when they tee it up, they care. Um, Scotty seems to always care. Jordan Spieth seems to always care. Uh, any of these guys, that, like Keegan probably cares too much. Too much. Seamus Power cares. A lot of these guys care. I think they care. What a U.S. Open. In your opinion, how well will Brookline form correlate to this course? Well... Uh, the only thing that that I think will be similar is that uh, all things considered, it's on the shorter side, right? Now, this is 400 yards shorter than Brookline, than co the country club was. But for USGA, that was a very short course. And you will really, really, really want to play out of the fairway. That is basically the only two things. So driving accuracy is how what I would what I would say here. Talks about ownership. Talked about Nick Hardy. Talked about where JT's ownership goes. Talked about that. Can we talk about how each... <laughs> TJ! Can we talk about how we each missed six cuts in the one and done to start the season, but now you're in first and I'm in 500? Well, TJ, when you find JT for 2.7 mil and you find Cam's... Not Cam Smith. Matt Fitzpatrick for 3.1 and you find somebody else somewhere. Uh, I'm, I'm, I'm 
so thrilled with this comeback. I cannot even describe it. You could probably tell. I'm just worried I cannot hold on. Like, how sick would it be if I can win this thing? I would be just chef's kiss excited if I could pull this off. Uh, short Kings, Rick. Short Kings. I feel you, Eli. Let's go. Never stop me. Not going to stop me now. 7K, Knox or Bo? Go with Bo. Go with Bo. Go with Bo. Okay, I am not a good... Okay, let's look up Mark Leishman's history at Travelers because this is probably what is driving a lot of this stuff here. So the question is in regards to a matchup of Davis Riley over... Um, oh, wow. Davis Riley over Mark Leishman. I, I'm not a good guesser on Mark Leishman. I just, I just can never get the guy right. And in, on paper, this should not be a particularly good spot for him, but look at what he's done. He won here in 2012. He's got one, two, three, four top 12s, a couple more top 20s that you mix in there. Generally plays pretty well here. That's what's driving a lot of like his matchup stuff and I think his ownership to an extent. I, I think if you play Davis Riley versus Mark Leishman for a thousand holes, Davis Riley would probably wipe the floor with him. I think that's fair, but I'm a little bit more nervous around here. Let's see what his oh God, he's just so inaccurate off the he sprays it, right? Yeah, 135th still. I don't get it. I don't get how he plays well on courses that require you to be in the fairway. I would take Davis, Al, but I'm very good at getting Leishman wrong. Any concerns over live courses in U.S. getting backlash for hosting? Nope. I mean, backlash from who? Right? They weren't going to host PGA Tour events why they accepted these roles. So they're not going to like lose any business over it. And also, I will tell you, from my experience out there at the U.S. Open, uh, most people don't know or care what's going on with Liv. Some, most don't even know what, what's happening. So no, I do not believe they are going to get any backlash. Thoughts on Morikawa cereal technique? He puts his milk in first. I don't put milk in at all. So, I don't know. Am I the right person to answer? I, I eat cereal dry. That's the way to eat it, you crazy kids. What are you? What are you lapping up milk like a like a dog? What like what? What do you? What is that? Why would you do that? Just eat the eat the cereal. Is there a target of total total ownership? Do the optimal lineups each week have similar ownership? Uh, I'd have to go back and look for the latter part of that question. I think in general. The larger the contest that you get, the lower total ownership to, total ownership that you want. Larger GPPs, um, under 80% total ownership, under 60% total ownership, I would probably prefer under 60. The other thing is, golf is unique in a way that the optimal lineups often leave a lot of money on the table. And ownership is not as important as being unique is, in my opinion. Somebody can, maybe somebody can provide the stats and say that's wrong and you're an idiot. Maybe. But... I would rather be unique than care about my ownership. So, so when you look at easy ways to be unique and ways that are not going to be detrimental to you, uh, leaving money on the table. Like if you go and look up, go to Twitter, type in the search, Rick run good optimal and look at all the optimal lineups in recent weeks and months and years. And very few of them get close to $50,000. <laughs> Rick, what about running the podcast live and outside surprise you the most? And what would you do different? Great to see you all together. Yeah. So it was amazing to be all together. And it's so much better when you can just kind of have a conversation, talk over one another, interrupt one another. I can take visual cues from someone. I can do whatever. It's, it's amazing. What surprised me the most, um, 
Well, first of all, the one we did Friday night was was it Friday or Saturday night? It was freezing. It was so cold out. Uh, maybe it was Friday night. And we were just like, we should not be doing this outside. And we powered through it. Um, yeah, I don't, I don't know if any, any negatives came out of it. We, 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 we want to do more of that, right? So here, here's, if you want to see more of that, our goal would be to get to like six events a year, like the majors, Riviera, Memorial, players, something like that. Like do that like six times a year would be our goal. Like tweet at CBS Sports HQ, tweet at me, I'll retweet it. Like if you want to see that, because like we just got to get CBS to sign off on it to send us to these events six times a year because it would be amazing. Can you revisit Cam Champ? You mentioned him the other day, but I haven't heard a peep from others in the industry. Yeah. So let's do a little Camp Champ action here. Now, if you remember, uh, or if, and if I'm remembering this correctly, he was one of the beneficiaries of clubbing down, right? Which makes sense. So when I went and looked up strokes gained off the tee, uh, he actually gets better on shorter golf courses. So the rest of this stat profile, I'll tell you what, that's not bad. It's not bad. He's not getting nearly as much off the tee. But the approach play is starting to come back a little bit. So in turn, the ball striking is turning around. Very sour around the greens, but in three of his last five, he's been basically neutral. You're basically just asking him to be a zero putter or maybe a little bit better. This is not bad. This is not a, not a bad flyer. A guy with legitimate high winning upside who gets better on short golf courses, who is uh, playing better now relative than he was maybe a couple months ago. All in all, Zach, that's actually pretty good. Betting card for the week. I have not finalized this yet. Again, I'm I'm way behind on all this stuff because I was traveling and uh, flew back this morning. So I I am going to go do all my picks and all that stuff uh, here shortly. But as I kind of look through the card, what I will probably end up with is something like Sung Jay at 25 to one. I might bet Davis Riley's down to 32, but I think, I think at this point I have to bet it. If I went Sung Jay at 25, Riley at 32, Harmon at 47. And then I went pretty far down the board to like Brendan Todd at 80. And then Hostler at, uh, what can I get Hostler at? Oh, he might be at the bottom because he got added late to this. At 150, like that would be a pretty decent card for me. I've not finalized that, but that's kind of what I think. Thoughts on Cam Davis in. Is Kelly Craft a solid value play? Yeah, not bad. I'm like a five out of 10, I think, or whatever number I said. Um, I've answered a lot of these, so that's good because it's, uh, what time is it? Well, 2.52 here, so 5.52. Okay, we haven't, the couple questions I saw us about um, Christian Bezayden Houghton, I haven't, we haven't done a deep dive on him in a while. So in the past, it would be like he's just relying on the putter. Let's see what he's been up to as of late. Uh, much better approach play, much better ball strike, much more consistent at least. Putter, putter uh, heating up is still there. T15, cut, T12, one, two, three, four, five, six. He made, he's made what, eight of his last nine cuts? It's pretty good. That's pretty good. Pretty, pretty, yeah, I don't mind that. Since this is a tough around the green course, any concern for Keegan's around the green? Yeah, so so I, I mean, I, I kind of like was out on Keegan earlier in the week and I might be warming up a little bit, but I just think in general, when a guy gets like a $2,000 price increase and he's going to be fairly popular and he has a deficiency in the short game, like it's kind of a recipe for disaster. I hope he proves me wrong. I like Keegan. He's always been very nice to me. Like I 
I think statistically you're, you're kind of stepping into a trap with Keegan this week. And I hope he proves me wrong and he might, but like that, that, that thing's going to snap on you here at some point is, is kind of what it looks like to me. <laughs> How will live affect one and done next season? Will DJ Brooks, Bryson all be 25% in each major? Why? Cause you can only choose them. Yeah. I don't know. I mean, who knows those guys like they might not be all that good. Right. I don't know. It's going to be bizarre. There's going to be, we got a lot of stuff to figure out. I don't know if you guys realize, but, um, so what I kind of decided on is because these guys are going to be, I guess, playing, I'm just going to keep adding their stuff here. So like, here's Dustin Johnson. Like I I'll, I'll have the live golf strokes gained, at least the strokes gained total until they give us until we can get the breakdown. So I'll, I'll keep it. I think it's kind of, you know, if I want to have a complete data site of every of every tour in the world or whatever, I think I kind of have to do it. Um, the other thing is, unfortunately, I'm going to have to rework some of this stuff because the PGA Tour like now does not acknowledge Dustin Johnson. So when I get my data from the tour, like they kind of remove him in some situations. So I'm going to have to work on those guys, but but most of the data is in there and it's all good. Who's the producer's pick of the week? She says, Jason, mostly day, but I'll take Coke rack coverage just in case too. There you go. Always hedging her bets. Um, quick side question. Do you think the U S open was the best tournament of the year so far? Yeah, that is, that was a big topic of conversation in the media center being there. I think you have to say yes, but let's put it into perspective. Otherwise, uh, I think the fact that it was a major, it's already going to be in the top like three or four, right? No matter what. And the fact that you got an unbelievable leaderboard, which even deep into Saturday and Sunday was Rory and Fitzpatrick and Scheffler and Zalatoris and uh, I'm missing somebody big. Hideki was like Morikawa, Hideki were in it. Like it was just a great leaderboard. and. Then you get it with the timing where those guys came back from London and played the next week. It like it felt like a like a monumental. It felt like a monumental event. You should have the Netflix guys were buzzing, dude. The Netflix guys were buzzing. They were loving it. Good to see you, Rick. Important question: What's your favorite piece of piece of merch you got? Uh, yeah. So these the, the merch. The merch center was insane. It was like 40,000 square feet and there was a million people inside of it. So I got a bunch of hats that I'm sure you'll see over the course of the next whatever. Um, in the media center, they gave us they gave us those posters by Lee. I think his name's Lee Wybrand. He does one for every major, I believe, for every US Open. They're these really cool posters. Uh, they gave us like mouse pads and mouse a mouse. I got a country club pencil I just grabbed from the driving range. Um I got a shirt or two. I just, the problem was I had to fly back. <laughs> so I didn't want to get, I didn't want to get too much. Uh, thoughts on Aaron Rye. Okay. Hmm. It's not bad. Here's Aaron Rye. Gained 10 strokes in the ball striking categories at the RBC Canadian Open. That's the last time we saw him. Lost 5.7 the week before that, but still finished T26. I'm pretty impressed by that. He missed the cut at the Wells Fargo Championship. His only missed cut dating back to Valero, but he gained strokes that week. Again, hard to do. 
So you're talking about a pretty solid stretch. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight weeks in a row, eight starts in a row, uh, that he's either made the cut or gained strokes. Yeah, he, he must have punted this away on the weekend then. He finished 68th at Colonial, but lost five and a half strokes to the field. I'm assuming he played well for two days and then horrible for two days, and that's why the metrics look at the way that they do. This is not bad. Has he played the Travelers? I doubt it, right? Now he has it. Okay. Um, yeah, pretty good. More better than I better than I thought. Jordan or Sung Jay? As much as I love Sung Jay, that's not necessarily fair because Jordan Spieth is just a just a higher caliber of player. Um, didn't get into the member store. No, I didn't. They had that. So trust me, I tried. They had that thing locked down. The so so the dirty secret is you got to get into the clubhouse. When you go to these clubs, you go into the clubhouse. You get the t you get the the TCC stuff. Uh, I did not get in. I did not get in. I tried. They had a very big, burly security guy in front. Uh, let's see. Let's see how I can, I can circle back. Here. I've got like a couple more minutes. Let me circle back. We did Tringale. So I don't want to do that. Thoughts on Keegan this week. Um, let's just do Keegan real quick. So I know, I know, I know. I don't really know what to do with the guy, but let's, let's just do it. I just, again, the huge price increase. The improved putt, I mean, he gained 12.8 in the ball striking categories. He's got a bunch of good fit. Maybe I should be giving him more respect. I don't know. I mean, he gains 10.9 on approach, but it was 0 0.2, 0 0.51. Like, this this result feels like fool's gold, right? Runner-up finish at, at Wells Fargo where he gained 9.7 with the putter. Like, never going to happen again. T8 at Valero gained 5.6 around the green. So, really, we have one result. We have one good finish, well, I guess two, going back to the players, where he did it the way you'd want him to, which is like at least somewhat predictable. So two out of eight starts. It's a pretty good clip. Maybe I should like Keegan more than I more than I do. Maybe I'm not giving him enough credit. Maybe I'll bump myself up to like a 6.5 out of 10. All right. I think that'll do it. Really, really... Did you see any non-golf celebs taking in the action? Uh, Larry Fitzgerald was out there. I think that's all I noticed. I don't know. Again, thank you all very much for bearing with me this week. Uh, it's always kind of hard to do stuff on the road, but it's invaluable to be able to do it and to go and get eyeballs out there and be a part of something. So I, I want to kind of do that more at bigger events and um, hopefully we can continue to, to make it work because I don't want to lose kind of this part of it either. So thank you all for, for, for bearing with me and let me get a couple of days off and getting around Boston with Armina. That was very sweet. We very much enjoyed it, but now we're back to work. So we will, uh, be back at it again. First cut recaps after each round. Uh, Andy and I will finally debrief on Friday for the scramble, which I'm very much looking forward to. I haven't had a chance to talk to him yet. Otherwise go to rickrungood.com, sign up for the tools, go over to prize picks, use the code Rick, go over to jock market, use the code Rick and uh, join us tonight for the power hour, 8, 15 PM Eastern time. We'll talk more golf. Let's do it. Armina, run it.